Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. rolling with you today and of course we've got our guy cody in the chat peter alex shout out to everyone rolling with us live and before we go any further i want to throw this out there because we've as a company had to make all of our shows one hour long as you guys have probably noticed over the past few weeks and so that means that we haven't been able to get to comments on the website as much as we want to but we still want to keep that part rolling so what we're gonna do is every week, Monday, we're going to do a mailbag pod where the people that are diehards can leave their comments. Uh, do we have sound? You hear? We do. Okay. Alex just has it on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we do a mailbag every single Monday. So mm-hmm. if you want to get your comments read and you're a diehard, go to thednvr.com. Leave your comments on any of this week's pods, yep. and we will get to them starting next Monday in its own little show that we're going to film every single Monday. Uh, so leave your comments if you're a diehard over at thednvr.com. All right, fellas. Russ, coming back, potentially. That's what Sean Payton and George Payton said. They said the door is open for us to come back. Do you buy that at all? I do just because of, you know, the salary cap and how, you know, his contract affects it. Um, it's tough to pay him all that money to leave. But then we also got to go get talent out there in the free agent space and also draft guys. Uh, we need capital. I know we have money. We're rich. We're rich on <laughs> football. But as far as money to use on football, players are very limited. It's true. <laughs> the, the, the cash isn't an issue. No. The cap is an issue. Henry, do you buy it? Um, uh, I, 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 like, I, I've, there's no good answer at this point. There's like no like the Broncos should do this and that will solve all their problems. So like, why not? Like bring back Russ, like run it back. In terms of next year, I think that probably makes you the best football team. Mm. Like, I don't think that there's a better option. At the same time, you're also committing to paying 
Well, first of all, it means he's probably back for two more years because you pay him the same amount whether he's here one year or two years because that 2025 salary becomes guaranteed this offseason. So if you want to give him 37 million bucks to play two more years for you, like, I, I mean, what else are they going to do? I, they could go draft a quarterback in the top 10 or I guess at 12 or trade up or whatever. You're probably, you're probably like not going to get what you would get out of Russell Wilson at the same time. You, you, the books are clear of Russell Wilson's contract in 2026, which sounds kind of nice compared to in 2027 or 2028 if you keep him. So I, it's kind of like a pick your poison sort of thing. Yeah. It seems like they kind of pissed in Russell Wilson's Cheerios a little bit. Mm. And so uh, I don't know that you just do that and then all of a sudden say, hey, actually, you know, we we realized that Jarrett wasn't that great, so we, we might as well just bring you back. I, I seems like that relationship's probably a little bit damaged. I don't think I would have handled things the way they did if I was going to bring him back. But I mean, why not? I mean, what what else are you going to do? I mean, nobody likes pissing their Cheerios. Nobody, not a single person. <laughs> have you ever tried it? No, no, I wouldn't even try it. <laughs> that's probably for the best. You going hungry instead? Yeah, yeah, I'm starving. And that's kind of what would have for to happen. For how long? <laughs> Forever. Forever, you'll die. Piss Cheerios. You'll die, you'll, oh, no, die no. of starvation I'm instead dead. of okay. I'm dead. Not that bowl's just sitting it. right there whenever you need to take a bite. Yeah. What is it like? Bear Starve. Grylls would when he would do those challenges out in the wilderness and in the desert, he would eventually just like pee and drink his pee because uh -huh. you just had nothing else yeah well you have like yeah. maybe like 72 hours to be able to drink it before it's just all toxic that's what they say oh, oh. so you got to drink the fresh pee yeah. is that jarell prepping you a little bit for your uh <laughs> that's, that's that casey prep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but i i think and i think that's different because if somebody pissed in cheerios that's different than your own yeah you know because like how does it interact with milk you know no, it's just piss and Cheerios. There's no milk. Oh, there's no milk? Okay. <laughs> be be it doesn't matter if it'd be better. Just don't eat that. Well, so Sean, I guess, kind of pissed in Russ's Cheerios if we're yeah. going down this route. But then Sean Russ's and George, really. can't. The both did, yeah. yeah. But then Russ <laughs> kind of turned around and did the same to them by his camp coming out and kind of airing the dirty laundry of exactly what happened. Now, so exactly. I think they're both sides might need to switch Cheerios and just eat their own <laughs> pee in their Cheerios. And that's the way to kind of salvage this. Or maybe everybody's just sitting there with a bowl of pissy Cheerios in front of them. And uh -huh. it's time just to say, let's not eat these and let's just go our separate ways. Yeah. Let's go get some Captain Crunch. <laughs> go get some Captain Crunch. Yeah. I, I, it seems like it's trouble. I mean, if hard knocks is coming to Denver, like it sounds like you're down to three teams now for hard knocks. Uh -huh. It's the Broncos, the bears or the saints. Yes, Broncos, Bears, or Saints. That's who HBO gets to choose from. If you get Russell Wilson Broncos back... Broncos definitely are the best I know, team, that'd be kind of a lot story. of fun. Yeah. Either that or Caleb Williams, rookie quarterback, going to Chicago. Yeah, it's like, it's those two. I mean, the Saints, come on. Yeah. No. no. Derek Carr Sorry, doesn't Todd, do it for you? Team. No. <laughs> Derek Carr? Oh, that's Derek right. Derek Carr and Dennis yeah. Allen? Derek Carr and Dennis they Allen. They just fire their Must offensive coordinator if you want uh, some that's drama. Right. Who? But you're not going to get Now that drama. you think of it, I hadn't put that together, but Pete Carmichael, that was obviously... Uh, Sean Payton's offensive coordinator for yep. a while there yep. and quarterbacks coach before that like they coached together for like a decade we, well you were probably there was Pete Carmichael the quarterbacks coach have no that's clue. a good trivia question <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't have much interaction with the quarterbacks yeah <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if the Broncos try to bring him in somehow so maybe Sean talked about this last week how he doesn't make any decisions on players futures on coaches futures until seemingly next week. So last week, they kind of just did some year-end wrap-up uh -huh. stuff, but not any grading or evaluating. This week, the entire coaching staff 
has the week off. And then next week, he starts to evaluate people, whether it's coaches, players. And he said the reason for that is so it's not emotional. So you're not basing everything off, like, the last game of the season, and you're really pissed at this one guy, let's say Cortland Sutton, because he had probably his worst game of the season. He's not basing his season-end review off of one bad game because Cortland was obviously much better in the 16 games before that final game. Um, And I believe Sean in in his reasoning for that, but maybe there's also this reason for deciding to move on from coaches until a couple weeks after the season to see what coaches are let go and to see like, okay, if I'm going to fire my quarterback's coach, is there another option out there? You don't know that Monday after the season because teams haven't fired their coaches. So maybe that's a reason why he waits a little bit to see who I can replace a guy with if I move on from him. Smart. I think it's a good business decision. Yeah. And there's a lot of business decisions being made. I think mm-hmm. even going back to if Russ is back, I think it's purely a business decision. I think if Russ comes back, it has nothing to do with how he played on the field. It has everything to do with the numbers. Mm, and that's such a good point, Todd. And that's actually something that um, the George Payton and Greg Penner talked about greg penner talked about this and he said talking about russ coming back he said the financial part of this is a significant component in terms of how this works out in the future but that's not what will drive the decision the decision will be driven with what's in the best interest of this football team winning games so he tried to like kind of uh back away from Uh it all being about the business side but the best (laughs) interest of this team winning games do you want $80 million of dead cap? That uh-huh. certainly impacts yeah. how your team is able to win this year. And I do believe that there's many different reasons why the Broncos could try to mend fences with Russ or, mm-hmm. or why Russ would want to come back. And one of them is Greg Penner talked about it. Greg Penner was the most adamant about we are impatient. We want to win as an ownership group now. Yeah. We understand you, Broncos country. You guys want to win now. We want to win now. So from the very, very top of the organization, it's coming down that, Sean, you need to win now. We're not rebuilding. And you know what? If Greg Penner would have come out and said, like, yeah, we need a couple of years to get this thing turned around, I think Broncos country would buy into a rebuild mm-hmm. if, it, if it's presented like that. And they don't have to fully say that. But if it's presented like that, that was the opposite of what Greg Penner did. He said, we need to win now. And so uh, if you want to win now, honestly, Russ being on your team might be the easiest way to win now, the best way to win now, especially, Henry, you say it time and time again, that 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions that you got from Russ this year, good luck getting out with the rookie Mm -hmm. because, what, over the past couple of years, only one rookie has been able to produce at that level, and that's C.J. Stroud. Uh, Yeah, and that was for the Week 17 game that Stidham played. So I would guess that when you do, like, Stidham total numbers from his season, like, I bet a rookie's done that because he struggled in Week 18. But, yeah, the other thing with that Penner thing was that I think he was asked about, like, the cash implication. Like, you spent all that money. Like, you get rid of Russ, you just pretty much have to hand him, like, $39 million in cap. Yeah, I think it's $39 million in cash when you cut him. And if you're a billionaire or anybody, anybody really like you just that would be a tough pill to swallow. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this thirty nine million dollar check as you just say goodbye. Um, But like you said, like it sucks, but it's kind of like what's best for the team and what's best for the team might be to pay him to leave. Um, Do you think that's the case? For this Uh, year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for next year, like if you're trying to get to nine wins, like, sure, 
bring back Russ, see if you can ride him to nine wins. I don't buy that, like, you're all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender, so what are you really doing? Like, are you better off just going and signing, like, I don't even know, Nick Foles. Like, I bet Nick Foles is available. He's always available. Is he like, still around? I mean, he's not dead. I mean, <laughs> I bet, I bet you could call him up and be like, hey, come compete with Jared Stidham. And you really sold me on Nick Winner Foles. gets to try for seven wins next year. Like, you could do that. Like, if you want to go get a rookie and start the next era, like, yeah, you're probably not. That's probably not your best path to nine wins, but also, like, how how hardly how, how hard do you want to sell out for nine ten wins next year, or do you think about the future? Like, there's no good answer at this point. So, do you not buy Greg saying like we need to win right now? Essentially, no, I buy it, but I mean, like, I mean, that's what he said is like, you know, we're we're as impatient as the fans are right but again like there's not like a you're saying how realistic is that like yeah there's no like oh that means you just go do this like that's not there's no like go go to the playoffs next year button you know and uh, we know how bad the cap implications are 80 million dollars in dead cap if Mm -hmm. they took that all this year would be double the uh uh biggest cap dead cap hit ever by Mm -hmm. a single player double which is insane and if they decide to split it up then they would just have the biggest dead cap ever in back-to-back years for yeah. a single player. So that's what it is. And George Payton admitted it. George Payton said this would be extreme, the dead cap implications by moving on from Russ. But he said, we've prepared any scenario with Rich Hurtado, who's the who's a salary cap guy. He a says, very good one, too. Yeah, he says they're going to need him this yes. year, that's for sure. Uh, George said, we'll have flexibility either way to do what we need to do. We won't be uh, in on the first wave of free agency like we were last year. You can't mm-hmm. do that every year will be very strategic and very specific on what positions and what players we try to sign obviously we have to hit on the draft we have six picks and we go from there so Mm -hmm. the gm's admitting the salary cap would be extreme Mm -hmm. to me it's almost like george and greg being like sean maybe the best thing to do is to bring back russ for Mm -hmm. this year but at the end of the day you got to do what sean payton decides is best and if he says absolutely no way can I work with Russell Wilson? Then you just, you can't bring him back. Yep. But if there's a way, instead of taking all of this dead cap uh, and uh, you convince yourself that bringing Russ back and using that 12th pick on a Brock Bowers or that something like that, yep. and or a great defensive player, you get Kool-Aid McKinstry, Dallas Turner, um, a, a game-changing type of player, if that's better than Bo Nix at 12 and a bunch of dead cap to go along with it. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because when we talk about the dead cap and then he brings it free agency and talks about they're not going to be in the first wave of free agency. The best players are in the first wave of free agency. All the best guys are gone within the first week. So if that's not who we're going for and now we're looking for middle-of-the-pack guys, some guys that haven't really proven themselves but maybe have upside, that doesn't really give me the confidence to say, like, they're going to come to the team and have a big impact and allow us to be a 10-win team next year. Right. So. Mm -hmm you know, maybe it is best to keep Russ and kind of have more leeway to be able to do what we need to do because a rookie quarterback with not enough talent doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, that just sounds like trouble. That sounds like (laughs) Bryce Young. Um, I think, like, if 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 you do move on from Russ right now, the books are cleared of his contract in 2026, which means that next year you could start signing free agents. Like, you could get back in the first wave of free agency because... Like that first year cap hit when you sign a free agent is not that big. Right. Like last year they signed Mike McGlinchey at seventeen and a half million dollars a year. Year one it cost you six million dollars. Like in cash it costs you a whole lot more because there's a signing bonus. But in terms of cap hit, it's like a third of it. So 
if you wanted to, you could pull the trigger, have like a down year next year, and then the year after you get to like probably not go crazy, but you get to add like a couple of decent pieces. That's an option. At the same time, like this is also why you don't love having your head coach just in charge of the personnel decisions because if he doesn't win in the next two years, then he's just gone. Like because he's Sean Payton, he's gonna get like he's his three full years to try to prove that something's going on. But if if things don't go well, he's gone. That's just how it works for head coaches. And so letting the guy who has that time crunch decide, like, here's what we should do for the next couple of years, and these are decisions that will really impact what's gonna happen after that. Like that's also kind of a dangerous game, but it's what you signed up for, and and it's still the right move to bring in a great coach like Sean Payton, but the downside is that he gets to pull all the strings and try to save his ass in the next two years. If Greg Penner has to write a $39 million check for mm. Russell Wilson to not be here, he probably wants to download the Circle K Inner mm. Circle app to save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. That'll help make back some of that $39 million. Can I have a big car? Over at Circle K are giving you a free membership which isn't just going to get you 25 cents off uh, every single gallon in your first five Phillips. It's also going to get you five free Polar Pops and every sixth free on several items such as pizza, roller grills, dispensed beverages, donuts, and more. In fact, we've got some Circle K snacks on set here. They've got so many things. They even have their own Circle K brand. I don't know if you can see it right over Todd's uh, head, but it looks like Bet365. Todd's. Munch on some. We've also yes. got you here. Was going for the chocolate raisins. Whoa. Is that right? Yep. You like the uh, chocolate raisins? <laughs> <laughs> so if you want something better than pissing your Cheerios, Circle K has got it all. So check them out. Download the Inner Circle app over at Circle K, where they're going to hook you up with savings and great products. Yeah, and go check out DraftKings too. That's one of the ways that the Broncos could make out, make back all that Russell Wilson money. <laughs> just go over there it's like one big bit i think Av the abs play the bruins tonight and i i don't pay a whole bunch of attention to the odds during the season but i'm pretty sure they're still like the two favorites to win the stanley cup abs are on the road probably getting about even money you just put that 39 million dollars on the abs to win if they win bang there you go you just pay for the russell wilson contract um for those of us who aren't betting millions of dollars, it's still a lot of maybe even more fun uh, to go over to DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got a whole bunch of cool stuff, especially that NHL betting right now, because they are an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Um, this week, new customers can bet five bucks and they will get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DMVR. That's the important part. Use our code DMVR. And new customers will bet uh, $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire after 168 hours uh, after issuance. So see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Uh, copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. Uh, you did it. I have so much beef with the way that all this. <laughs> like, you don't need to put the little copyright symbol and copyright, especially like if we're writing out numbers instead of just putting in like the seventy right. So, like, why do we need the symbol and the like? I need also. to introduce you to who writes these because Is every single time, I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one of these times I'm gonna remember this. It's, it's also like because Todd Kaylin's, texted me. Kaylin's gonna beat your ass. I'll tell you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm too big. Um, Todd texted me during that. It's like, hey, you do the DraftKings one, and I was like, snitches get stitches. <laughs> yeah, but and so I was like, oh yeah, DraftKings, easy. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get why Todd won. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to have to read seven, seven, eight, seven, three to four, whatever the no- yeah. It's over now. DraftKings is great though. What's not over is our DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to throw out two because I like them both. Saturday's games aren't supposed to be good, according to DraftKings. I'm talking about the NFL games. Guys, the Texans playing the Ravens are nine-and-a-half-point dogs. The Packers playing the 49ers are nine-and-a-half-point dogs. These are two teams that just destroyed teams in the playoffs this past week. I'm not saying the Texans and the Packers are going to win those games. But nine and a half points for two teams that are rolling right now with great quarterback play, that's too much. Give me the Texans at nine and a half. Give me the Packers at nine and a half. I th- you don't like it? No. I mean, those oh, are the no. Ravens and the 49ers. <laughs> like, the, the Ra- 49ers, I don't mind. Like, the Packers, if I were going to do it, I would take that money line because, I'm, first of all, I just always bet the money lines Plus for the most part. But that's where, like, uh, maybe Brock Purdy just doesn't play great. Like, I think that's a mm. possibility. Um, maybe Jordan Love like keeps, but against the Ravens, like the Ravens, I just can't see losing this week. Um, you can't. Can you see them covering nine and a half? See them covering nine and a half. Oh yeah, like I, I could see them winning this game like fifty to ten. Wow. Like they've got I, arguably the best offense and the best defense in the playoffs. Like wow. there's there's the Ravens are just the the top tier in the NFL right now, and the Forty ers Like if you get past like the whole is the quarterback like. It's Brock Purdy versus Lamar Jackson. If you can get past that, then you could put them right there too. Um, I think I take the Lions to win the Super Bowl. Mm, wow. Nine like nine to one. I like that. Like I think uh, I, again, like so they're heavy favorites at home against the Bucks. Maybe the magic kind of runs out a little bit. To me though, the Lions are not losing at home. Like they're just not going to lose at home. Like the the way that crowd is going right now, Agreed. like they're so happy to be there. I love them this week, but that minus two sixty five, the touchdown spread, like just give me the Super Bowl odds because I like like I said, I have some doubts about the Niners, and once you get to the Super Bowl, you're there. I'll I'll take Lions nine to one to win the Super Bowl. Did you guys see uh, uh, Dan Campbell's speech when he gave the game ball to uh, Jared Goff? No. Oh, it was so good. He gave the one game ball to the GM. And then he gave the other game ball to Jared Goff. And he said, said, all I'm going to say for this. You're good enough. Is yeah, that what he said? yeah, yeah. Jared, you're good enough for fucking Detroit. And yeah. Tossing the ball. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's love. That's a that's a uh, coach who really understands his players. Yeah. Um, but mine, I think that 
uh, the Bills are going to be able to beat the Chiefs. Um, they had their number. They beat them earlier in the season. They feel like they're rolling. I hope you're and, right. you know, right now it's plus 240 for a Dalton Kincaid anytime touchdown. And he, had la- he had one uh, last week. And also Knox had one last mm-hmm. week. I think if Kincaid is in on either of those, maybe he has two instead mm-hmm. of one. Yeah. Um, but he's finding his tight ends. Not really finding Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, but he's definitely finding <laughs> yeah. his tight ends. So that plus 240 <laughs> looks a little good right now. I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay, there's two things with uh, Russ potentially coming back that we haven't talked about. One, maybe there was too much blame put on Russell Wilson for the offenses um, not having that spark because then – Sean put in Jared Stidham, who he likes a lot, at least as a backup. Or did. And you're right, exactly. Did. Going uh, into that. I don't know de- if he still does. Exactly. <laughs> going into that decision. And uh, you saw the first game, it was the same play as Russ had, literally identical. The next game, it was disappointing. You average 15 points per game in those two games. Maybe Sean takes a step back and says, okay. I'll take 26 and eight touchdowns this coming year. I put too much blame on Russell Wilson. Now, for Sean to do this, he'd have to suck up a lot of pride. And mm-hmm. any head coach is prideful. I think Sean is extra <clears throat> prideful, so I think that would be tough. But maybe he realizes that. Yeah, I, I think watching the last two games, like, and even before that, we knew all the blame wasn't on Russ. Right. But we just felt like for what he was being paid and his production, it just wasn't mm-hmm. matching. And even for that first game, for Jared Stidham to almost have identical numbers, it kind of made us all realize, like, dang, we need more from starting $50 million quarterback. And I think that's the same thing Sean felt. Um, And then there was times within the games, like watching the film, Russ did put the team in some bad situations, whether it was sacks or, um, you know, not being able to communicate the calls or not making the checks that need to be made. not motioning guys when guys were supposed to be motion. Like there was a lot of things that happened that was Russ's fault. So I just felt like it wasn't all his fault, but there's an opportunity for things to get better if if Sean has to swallow his pride. Hopefully the second year under Sean looks better than the first. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I don't even, like Sean didn't blame Russ. You know, like he even said like, the offense isn't working. We have to try something. I can't replace an entire offensive line. Can't replace all my receivers. Like what you can do is just switch the quarterback. It was more, I don't think it was like a, we think we're going to get better. It was more of a got to try something. And what they tried really did not work. Um, so I, yeah, it, it definitely could get better in your two. You would think that it would. Um, yeah. I still, I never really thought Russ was the problem. I still don't really think Russ is the problem. Like he definitely wasn't the answer to any problems. He definitely wasn't like pushing the offense new levels, but you just like, there weren't, a lot of groups on that offense that really were going great. He was just one of the many who were just like, yeah, they're kind of below average. See, I, I don't know if Sean's a, oh, got to try something type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's very calculated. He's been coaching in the in the NFL for a mm-hmm. long time. Like, I think the decisions he makes are very calculated. So maybe I think, too, it, I think it's a statement. I think maybe to avoid injury actions. guarantees. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> that could be the calculation. And that's the other thing that could happen for us to be back is either a restructure of moving around the injury guarantee, moving around some guarantees, pushing back when his 2025 salary kicks mm-hmm. in or just a straight out pay cut for Russ to be back. Is that a viable option? Is that a route that that could happen? No, no. I mean, if imagine, imagine Zach, you, you get $37 million, no, $39 million from DMVR to either like 
sit here and do the podcast for the next year or to just go home and not do it. And DMVR is just going to decide like, yeah, we'll do that. Um, and, and then they come to you and say, Hey, like we'd love to have you and all that. But like, we just need to have you take less money. Like, why would you ever give back that money? Like, why would you ever not just take all of the money that's offered to you? Like they're just, there's just no reason to do it. Yeah. I think they have like a, like maybe $5 million in wiggle room. I don't think there's anything more than that. Anything more than that would be dumb as a player. Like, yeah, to give up. But maybe they can restructure and give like twenty five in a signing bonus, and you pay for five during the season. Yeah. Right. So I think there's a little you bit of wiggle room, but more. anything more than that, I don't think that makes any sense for us. So I, I, I'm trying to build a pretty impossible case <laughs> because, like you said, why would you take a, a discount when you don't have to? Yeah. Um, one reason is maybe you lower the overall money he gets this year and next year and you you change the whole thing and it's like now a three-year 120 million dollar contract fully guaranteed so now he goes from getting 39 million to 120 million it probably wouldn't be it'd probably be like two years 80 million or something like that um or two years 60 million where you are guaranteeing him more money but it totally eliminates the big contract and it brings numbers down a little bit but in the end because you do have to make it a benefit for him in some way and doing like a two-year 30 60 million dollar deal does get him 21 million dollars more and then he wouldn't be gambling on himself after this year as much and then from the personal side russ told us he genuinely wants to be here whether that's BS or not, he said it. He moved his family here. He bought the most expensive house ever in the Denver metro area. So maybe his ties here will allow him to take a pay cut. He says he's the ultimate competitor, and I don't think he could trust Sean Payton if Sean said, like, yeah, you're going to be the starting quarterback week one. You just benched my ass. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you. I'm not mm -hmm. going to take you at your word. So it is tough, but that's kind of a way maybe the Broncos would be able to swallow bringing him back is saying, okay, if you're willing to take a pay cut, now we don't have this $80 million in dead cap that we have to deal with. Now we're only paying you $30 million a year. Now we're comfortable bringing you back because now with all this extra money, we can actually go build a better team around you. I just don't get why. He, I, I don't think he's giving back money. Like, I just don't. Like, there's... Because I wouldn't, because nobody would. It would mm -hmm. be a crazy thing to do to just say, like, yeah, take some... Like, I don't even think he wants to be in Denver. Like, he can say all that he wants, but... If like the Broncos have to give him his thirty-seven million dollars, he gets to go play on the vet minimum wherever he wants in the NFL because the offset might like you still just get the same amount of money. How could you not say like, yeah, let me just go play for the Steelers for free, have this awesome defense, have like George Pickens figure him out, get the running, get the offense, like all those sorts of things. Like, there's just no reason to stay. And again, like if he does stay, I don't know. Like, Maybe he does say, like, yeah, I'll just take two years, $60 million. But right now, if he stays for two years, he gets $76 million. Like, that's a big pay cut to say, like, I'll just I'll just take all that and throw it out the window. Like, yeah. I, I just, there's, the contract is the contract. And Russell Wilson has a great contract. There's no reason to try to change the contract. Yeah, and I, I don't believe his story about him wanting to be here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but maybe he does want to be here, but he wants to be here for $37 million. Right, yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's what makes me want to be here. It's not anything less than that. So I just don't see it. I don't see it. Like like I said, if we can restructure and put into a signing bonus so that he still gets his money this year. Right. Because there's, I, I'm mm -hmm. old. You know, I have a couple more years left yeah. to play. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make some money, you know, for my family, even though I have a lot. 
I want I want it now. It's my right. money and I yes. need it now. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. give it to me now or I can just balance and I'm gonna get it anyway. Right. Yep. Yeah. And you can push it down the road in that way. Like that would kind of make sense. Like you're if you're going to keep him, it would make sense because you gotta find ways to clear thirty million dollars in cap space. And right now that means you probably just go through and say like extend Garrett Bowles, extend Justin Simmons, get those cap hits down this year, you know, cut somebody, trade somebody, do whatever you gotta do. But it would be a lot simpler just to say, like, hey, Russ, step one, we're just going to, like, restructure this, get that cap hit down this year by giving you a bunch of cash, and everybody wins. But I... Man, so uh, I what I took from this conversation was the Broncos are just going to have to decide that there's no better option, and it's better to have Russ back on his deal than with the dead cap. Maybe so, because like you said, I mean, we could extend guys, but we also have... One of our best players on defense, Josie Jewell, who's a free agent, exactly. and we also have one of our best players on offense on the offensive line, Cushion Bear is a free agent. Like, we either got to fill those roles or we got to extend guys. Yeah. So that's going to be a cap mm-hmm. hit, whether big or small. Like we're going to pay money. Uh, it's too much to try and figure out, as well as give a guy thirty million dollars to leave, Man, thirty-seven million dollars to leave. They just need to go and check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's because a couple of Illegal Pete's Mards mm. can solve any differences. <laughs> that case, give them the money. Give them the- <laughs> exactly. There you go. One or two Mards, and you're going to be dishing out money. So check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. One place you're not going to dish out money is Illegal Pete's because their happy hour is insane it also is awesome times of the day too i think it goes till 8 p.m so you got to check out illegal pizza they've got the best marks the best queso and they're opening stores everywhere right now they just opened one up in wheat ridge so you've got to check them out they've got colorado's favorite burritos strong margaritas and best queso in town check them out over at illegal pizza because we love them we know you're gonna love them and check out our friends over at Red Hot Roofing. You know, they're the best roofers in Denver. Um, and they're actually doing something really cool right now, which is they're doing a giveaway for the company's two tickets to the Nuggets versus Sixers games on January 27th. Um, you have to be at our watch party here on the 25th to be eligible to win. They will be raising money to match support for the Volo Kids Foundation, which is a good cause with good pe- people. So make sure you're at the DMVR bar January 25th to win. If you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DMVR sent you. We've got our guy Baldy joining us right now. Baldy, what's going on? What's going on, guys? How are you? Man, doing, doing great. You are, uh, you, you, th- is this your busy season? Because I feel like Baldy's breakdowns, you're doing everything during the season, but now you've got playoffs. Now you were at the Hula Bowl last week. Well, I mean, it's, it's at... Um... You know, it's uh, there's no days off, right? I mean, yeah. I will take time off when the season ends, but right now it's like full speed ahead. Um, actually, started looking at some college kids uh, at the Hula Bowl and now get ready for the Senior Bowl. So, you know, it's it's uh, you know teams that are out of the playoffs like Denver. Uh, what are they going to do to start fortifying the rosters? And so you got to kind of get a head jump on it, head start on that kind of stuff right now. I love it, and and Baldy, I want to start there because last time you were on with us, you mentioned how you've known Caleb Williams for a long time and obviously he's probably going to go number one overall the bears probably aren't going to trade that pick it's probably going to be really really difficult for the broncos to get up to get him but i think broncos country's a little intrigued by maybe trading everything to go get him and you mentioned um that that you know him as a person i think there's been some questions over the past few months just about caleb as a person off the football field uh can you just tell us what caleb is like as a person and what he brings to an organization He's solid. He's a solid kid, smart kid, really smart. Um, you sit down with him. I mean, I, I met him 
before he went to college, he was still in high school in Baltimore or in the Maryland area. And, um, you know, he was just, uh, um, you know, he's really uh, conversational. Uh, you can talk to him about a lot of things besides football. But I was impressed by just his football acumen. I mean, I was throwing Josh Allen plays up there and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes plays and coverages that they were attacking and what he would do and how he sees it. I mean, he was all over that. And then just throwing the football actually reminded me of a bigger Russell Wilson, to be honest with you. I mean, if you put him as a high school senior in the in the combine in Indianapolis, he'd throw it back then. He'd throw it as well as anybody that could throw it. Maybe maybe wow. C.J. Stroud threw it better last year, but he, he could throw it and spin it. Um, but I, I just thought he was really solid. You know, he comes from a good home, and he's uh, well-educated and – um, I thought he was really, really sharp, sharp kid to sit down and talk to. You know, the Broncos have a lot of questions uh, at quarterback and then also, you know, with free agents and signings. Uh, you know, as a player, I never once thought about the salary cap or what a team was going through. <laughs> like, I think money talks, and that's the only thing that mattered, you know, to a player. Uh, I wanted to ask your perspective on how the Broncos being over the salary cap is going to affect the talent they're going to be able to bring in here next year. Well, I mean, they're not going to get the top-tier free agents. They're just not going to be able to afford them. I mean, whether, you know, let's just say Chris Jones. Let's just say Chris Jones is available. Um, you know, he's going to be on the market for six seconds, and he's going to command, you know, Aaron Donald-type money. I mean, they're not going to be in that market. So, you know, whether it's offensive linemen, defensive linemen, receivers, like they're just not going to get the top-tier guys. And that's okay. Um, you know, some years you have a lot of money and you spend it, and some years you don't. And you got to be really prudent. And I think the Broncos are at a stage where they got to be really prudent. I mean, if you find players like Jaquan McMillan or Jaleel, you know, McLaughlin or whatever, I mean, sometimes you can overcompensate uh, for the money you don't spend in free agency by finding top tier free agents that aren't drafted. So you got to do your homework, but it forces you to be really prudent with your money. And that's just where they're at right now. And it's not going to last forever. Uh, but, you know, they're probably going to have to you know, really kind of um, pinch their pennies here this coming season. If the Broncos weren't in salary cap hell, like if they weren't $30 million over the cap, who would you want to see them go get? Like, I know it's like imaginary because like they're kind of stuck, but there's a lot of big names out there. I'm curious who you think the best fit would be. Well, I mean, I would start with Chris Jones. Like, yeah. I just think he affects the game, period. And um, he's still a dominant player. I mean, that would be a guy I would be interested in. But I haven't really looked at the, the free agent list out there of guys that are becoming available. But, you know, generally, I'd stay away from receivers in free agency hmm. um, just because I think you can always find – now, the, the, the Broncos are struggling with receivers. But, I mean, generally, you can find receivers and you can develop receivers. We find them Puka Nakua in the fifth round. And, you know, you just go through the list of guys. You don't have to – spend crazy money. It's the last position I would fill in free agency or in building my team, just because I think there's so many other more important spots to, to make yourself competitive than finding receivers. So then Baldy going off of that, would you say that you would team build from the inside out or is it not as simple as that? No, I mean, I, I would always build from the inside out. I'd build my trenches. I mean, last year they spent money on McGlinchey and powers for the most part of it. I think they, they did pretty well. But I would, I would always try to fortify my defensive uh, line and my offensive line. Um, if you look at the teams that can't compete in this league right now and did not compete, whether it's Jets, Giants, I mean, just go through the list of teams uh, that were uncompetitive 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. You just look at their offensive lines, and whenever they lost starters, they, they couldn't replace them. So I would have depth on my offensive line, and I would I would have a lot of depth on my defensive front. And that's how I would build my teams to begin with. You know, speaking of offensive line, the Broncos are potentially going to lose one of uh, their better players in Lloyd Cushenberry. had a great year this year. Um, is there anybody out there that you feel like could replace him, or is there any way that you feel like the team can keep him on the roster? I don't know. Maybe they could get Jason Kelsey from Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always say this. In fact, I was talking to, uh, at the Hula Bowl, I was talking to Notre Dame's longtime offense line coach and the Chicago Bears coach, Harry Heastand. And I got a lot of respect for Harry. And I always, you know, we were just we were talking about centers, not Cushenberry in particular, but just centers. And we just feel like if your center is average or weak, nothing can compensate for that. Your offense line is not going to be good. And while Lloyd, I thought, played better this year, uh, I think center, an upgraded center can help this line if they don't sign Cushenberry right now. I, I, I just think you look at teams that have really good offensive lines, like say, say Kansas City, um, you know, and you look at uh, Creed Humphrey and what he has been in the second round pick. Uh, he had, he, first of all, he's played every snap um, two or three years in a row. I think three years in a row now. Um, Mitch Morris, you just go through the list of these teams in the playoffs right now, and you look at their centers. It's, it's a strong position. You look at what Baltimore did um, in drafting their center two years ago at Iowa. I mean, they're all offense line improved. So I look at that center position really carefully in what you do with it. Huh, that's interesting. This is kind of changing gears a little bit, um, but I'm just curious, what, what surprised you the most about last weekend with the, all the wild card games? What stands out to you? I just think the way Green Bay dismantled Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia's performance didn't surprise me because I saw that coming. I knew they wouldn't have an answer for the blitz, and they didn't. And then they're just a dysfunctional, simple offense. So none of that surprised me, what Tampa did to them. But I think I thought Dallas was a better team than what they showed. But then the way Green Bay performed, how fast they played opening drive down uh, you know, for score, how they just jumped on them and dominated them. Um, from the very beginning, that that game surprised me. And I'm not taking anything away from Green Bay, um, but it was all Green Bay. They, they dominated the line of scrimmage. Aaron Jones uh, ran really well. J- Jordan Love was sensational. I think that game surprised me more than any other. And I want to play off of that. And this coming playoff. week, there are uh, – there you go, playoff yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> there are some big underdogs. You got the Packers – nine and a half point dogs in San Francisco. You've got the Texans, nine and a half point dogs playing the Ravens. And then you also have the Bucks, six and a half point dogs playing the Lions in Detroit. Among those three games, which which has the which team has the best shot of pulling up the pulling off the upset? Well, I mean, if Green Bay comes close to anything like they did last week against that, Dallas is a good defense. Um, it, it didn't make a difference. So, I mean, I saw Kirk Cousins carve up San Francisco this year. I saw Joe Burrow have a great game against him. I saw Lamar have a great game against San Francisco's defense. I saw Carson Wentz in the opening drive of the game week 18 go mm. right down the field against San Francisco's starting defense and throw a touchdown to Puka Nakua. I saw Baker Mayfield play well uh, in, a, in a loss at San Francisco, but he played well. Um, teams that have a very, um, very sophisticated short passing game have success against San Francisco. The, the pass rushers don't get home. I would say Green Bay, uh, the way they're playing, I don't think defensively they can stop 
um, San Francisco's offense or slow them down. So I can see this game high scoring, but I can see Green Bay being real competitive with San Francisco. Mm. So we're going to keep talking about the playoffs. We all put together brackets. I think most of us have the, the Ravens winning. Yep. Uh, who do you think will be the winner of the Super Bowl this year? Well, if you, uh, if you look at the – have you seen the Super Bowl 58 logo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, I have. I mean, it is red and purple. Yep. You know, <laughs> and so, I mean, in last year it was, uh, you know, it was red and, and, and green. Um, they got that right. I, I mean, I just think Baltimore and San Francisco are on a collision course. Yep. And so I haven't seen anybody slow down Lamar Jackson here recently. He's on a tear. He's won his last six starts. He's averaging over 35 points a game against good teams, Miami, Baltimore, you name it. I, to me, Baltimore looks like they're the best team. And they got the week rest, which I think is going to help, you know, Kyle Hamilton, a couple guys that wanted to get healthy. Baltimore looks like the best team to me. I, I mean, I've got them as the Super Bowl winner. I'm not going to change it right now. I agree. Nice. This is this one's way off topic, but uh, Jeremy Chin. I'm just curious. So he was a guy I really liked in the draft coming out, and everything was going so well for him. You know, the Broncos are in kind of an interesting spot with safety because um, they've got Justin Simmons, obviously, but PJ Locke's a free agent. You know, they've got Caden Stearns who's been hurt. Um, Jeremy Chin is like what? He's Steve Atwater's nephew. Yeah. And so with Jeremy oh, Chase, right? yeah, yeah, I it did is. Not know that. Yeah. Wow. And so so okay. since he's hitting the market, it seems like he hasn't really been playing all that much for the Panthers. It's kind of maybe like old conspiracy theory, but I think he'd be a great fit. I just haven't seen him recently when things seem to have fallen off a bit. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what's happened there. Well, I'm close to Matt Rule, and Matt okay. Rule drafted him. Um, you know, and he had a real clear vision about this um Cover safety, teams are playing three safeties right now. He, he really can play anywhere. He can play in the slot, in the box. He can play in the deep half. He can play the center. He really can play anywhere. But I think the closer he gets to the line of scrimmage, um, you're talking about a guy that's going to put up 100 tackles um, in, any, in that defense in Denver. Mm-hmm. I love Jeremy Chin. He's a big guy. I've got to know him. Met him uh, a couple times. But I remember we did a thing at the NFL Network. I don't know if it was last offseason or the year before, but we did, we did a, a breakdown with him. He was awesome. I, I, I'm a big Jeremy Chin fan, and I believe his best football is still in front of him. He's just been in a horrible organization and kind of hidden. And sometimes you got to rob bad, you know, you got to rob bad organizations of great players. And mm-hmm. if somebody pries Jeremy Chin out of Carolina, they're going to get a good football player. And Baldy, my final one for you, Bill Belichick. Where where does he end up? Where where do you think he <laughs> does end up? And where do you think would be best for him? Well, I mean, I know he's interviewed in Atlanta, but I don't know if that's a good fit. I I, I could honestly, I don't know what they're going to do in Philadelphia. Uh, I hear things coming out of Philadelphia that this whole thing could get blown up. I don't know that it is. I don't have. I'm not trying to report anything, but I think I think Jeffrey Lurie would be Mr. Lurie, the owner of the Eagles would be uh, very intrigued by Belichick. He's from New England. He, uh, he hired Chip Kelly, who was really close to Bill Belichick. They always scrimmaged each other each year when Chip was in Philadelphia, up in New England, back in Philadelphia in the summer. They played each other in preseason. Um, I, think, I think Jeffrey Lurie would be very intrigued by Bill Belichick and the roster and uh, how he would work with Howie Roseman, the general manager, I think there'd be respect 
from Bill about how Howie goes about his business, whether it's operating the cap or making trades or things like that. Howie's very shrewd. He's very good at that. Um, that would be, at this stage in Bill's career, that would be, I think, something he would really covet. So I can see that, but I don't know why anybody wouldn't be interested in Bill Belichick. If just for, say, he coaches two more years, like just to get his methods and to get his mind in your facility to see how he operates and how he game plans and how he values positions and how he sees the game. I, I, I mean, I think he'd be valuable in a lot of places, but I, I, I could see that working out in Philadelphia if things don't work out with Nick Sirianni. Oh, Baldy, you're very valuable here. We love your insight. I mean, we asked you about Jeremy Chen, Lloyd Cushenberry, Bill Belichick, all over the place. You give us the great insight. Thanks so much for joining us today. Okay, guys. Take care, man. Enjoy the right week. On. Enjoy the game. Yep. You too. Thanks, Baldy. We'll see you next week. And uh, let's kind of talk about it. I want to pick your guys' brain about what the Eagles should do or shouldn't do, what the Cowboys should or shouldn't do. You hear, do we have any Super Chats? No super chats. Ah, damn. Should the Cowboys <laughs> did a bad job today? What? That just means we had a bad podcast. Oh dang! Speaking yeah. of bad podcasts, the likes would indicate this wasn't a good show. I thought it was a good show. It so if you thought show. it was a good show, it hit us with a thumbs show. up on YouTube. We appreciate mm. it. Speaking of YouTube, also check us out on podcast. If you miss this and mm -hmm. you're out and about and you don't want to pull up the video feed, check us out on podcast. You can download uh, and listen to our show anywhere where there's podcasts. Just search Broncos. We'll be the first one that pops up. DNVR Broncos. Little flex show. there. Yeah, big flex there, actually. <laughs> uh, so check us out. Hit us with a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Almost to 1,000 yeah. likes on Spotify and iTunes. It helps us, or I guess it's Apple Music, Apple Podcasts now. Uh, yeah. really helps us, and it's free. So we really appreciate all of the support that you guys give us. And again, uh, leave a comment on any of the podcasts this week if you're a diehard over at thednbr.com. We are going to read those in a mailbag, mm -hmm. separate form, starting next Monday. We want to hear from you guys. And I want to hear from you guys. Should Mike McCarthy still be the coach of the Cowboys? Man, I feel like the Cowboys have been in the same position for many years. And from Gacy, Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy – I don't know if they have some hoodoo voodoo like we have for a while, but it seems like they're in this constant state of being very good and then getting to the playoffs and getting smacked. So uh, maybe they do need to blow it up. Maybe he can't get back to the first round. And, you know, sometimes that, that's coaching. So if they brought in a Bill Belichick, I definitely think he'll get them past the first round. Um, there's a lot of questions there. But personally, if I was Jerry Jones, I got to get a new head coach. And I'm looking at quarterbacks in this draft pretty hard. Oh, wow. So you're, you're really kind of going all in on changing things big time. Yeah, because I think if you do the same thing and expect a different result, well, they say that's called, that's insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we've been doing this for a while. We've been hoping for a better result, and we've kind of been getting the same thing. I think time to make some changes. Trade Did you guys Dak for Russ? That's what my, my cousin's a Cowboys <laughs> fan, and he was asking, well, will we do that? I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely yeah, see if that would work. That? You know? yeah. I was like, at least we'll make some playoffs. I'm not saying we're going to win right. any games, yep. but at least I'm, we'll be in the playoffs. For three straight years, Dak has been guaranteed 12 wins. It's yep. insane. I'd sign up for that right now. Yeah. If you were to give me the opportunity for 12 wins and a guaranteed first-round exit for the Broncos this year, 
Cool. I'd sign up for it. That yeah. sounds incredible. <laughs> yes, that's a does. huge step in the right direction. We, yes. we, we said it at the beginning of the year, eight and nine, and Russ had a decent season. We're gonna be happy. The season right. happened, and we're like, this sucks. <laughs> we hated everything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Did you guys watch the? Uh, I think it was halftime show and after the game of the Cowboys one. And Jason Garrett was one of the three analysts on mm. the whole time. He just had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know he loved it. I was just oh, looking at yes. him. Oh, yes. He's like, see, Jerry, it, it wasn't, wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. He has some, like, good insights, too. Yeah, well, well, all that sure, stuff where he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, Jerry's actually going to be pretty good tonight. Like, he's he's not going to, like, scream at anybody. He's not going to be upset. It's going to take, like, a couple days. And then he's going to go through, though, and he's going to potentially do some, like, crazy things at that point. Yep. It was like what a great person to yeah. have on that particular broadcast <laughs> yeah. in that situation. Yeah, I I mean, it feels like a John Fox situation, or even like almost yeah. like a Dan Reeves. I can't remember where the Broncos were with Dan Reeves at the point um, when they moved on. They they were probably lower than this, but right. sometimes you just need to make a change. Yep. And you know they've given it four years and he's done some good things. I mean, six and ten the first year after being like they were five hundred team when he got him. 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. Like, there's something there, but at the same time, like, a football team needs to, like, take steps. And they're able to take that step up to, like, being the best regular season team in the NFL over the course of the past three seasons. You might need somebody new to get them over that final step. And with Bill Belichick sitting right there, like, how do you not just go see if you can go get Bill Belichick? Like, it just seems too perfect. It's so perfect. I mean, you need a guy that clearly needs a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Bill needs a quarterback in order to succeed. Dak can be that regular season quarterback to get you 12 wins like we talked about. And Bill, if there's any coach out there that's going to be able to prepare a team for a playoffs and also make a team feel like they can win in the playoffs because they clearly have some bad juju on mm -hmm. it. Dak probably gets to the playoffs, and the offense is probably second-guessing themselves. Mm -hmm. CD Lamb just had an incredible year, and he did nothing until garbage time this yep. past game. He, he looked like a basket case that mm -hmm. entire game. Yeah, he did. Like, he, he was, was out of it. it. Yeah. Like, he did not seem, like, locked. There was just a whole bunch of that stuff with them where it's like, wait, you're showing up to this game like this? Right. At home? And yeah. So if they win 12 games next year and they're in the playoffs and they have Bill Belichick, I bet they've all got a different confidence level. Even if Bill's not doing anything different, they just have to. So for me, that's such an easy move to make. Mm -hmm. And, like, is Bill going to go to the Falcons over the Cowboys? No. No, like, give me a break. Mm -hmm. There was a report yesterday. Was it Nick or you mentioned something that Bill wants a project? Uh -huh. He's, what, 70, <laughs> 70 years? What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And now with the Eagles, should they move on from Nick Sirianni after in Nick Sirianni's second season last year, he took him to the Super Bowl. This year, what, they started 11-1 and one or something? Yeah, I mean, they yeah, seem like even more of a mess than the Cowboys do. So should they fire him? I... I, I I can't say no to that. Again, like Bel Belichick's out there. Like for a team like that, it just There's makes no sense. There's no way you fire Nick Sirianni. Oh, but like I you... know we lost in the playoffs, but we went ten and one with yeah, not with yeah. not a very good team. Every one of those ten wins, we all looked at and was like, "Ooh, they barely got mm -hmm. past that one." Yeah, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. were just he was finding ways to win games right. as best he could until the talent level just wasn't there at certain points. So yeah, there's no way you move him forward. And you just because you guys just went to Super Bowl the year before that. I think you got to keep him. The yeah. Give him another issue, year. But the biggest issue with Nick Sirianni is that he got Matt Patricia on his staff. You're never going to win anything with Matt Patricia anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> how, many, how many Super Bowl rings does Matt Patricia have? <laughs> yeah, but how many like, does he have, though? Did you hear any more at the end of that? Any more. Uh, like, but that's kind of a hot take. Like, I don't know. 
I see they they are a mess. Like they aged out on that defensive line. Like Brandon Graham, Fletcher, like all those guys. Like the strength of that team is no longer there. Mm-hmm. The cornerbacks cornerbacks can just drop off so quickly. That seems like it's what happened with James Bradbury. Well, like you don't have when the D line's not eating where. The quarterback play falls a lot. And so that's kind of like that was what made that defense so good. That's just gone. You've kind of got to build that defense from scratch at this point. Offensively, you've got an incredibly old offensive line. Like Jason Kelsey's obviously gone. They've got like the tackle. One of the tackles is old. They already lost like a piece or two from last year. The the running game just disappeared overall. A.J. Brown is pissed off. Dallas Goddard, who is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, they caught him on the bench calling Jalen Hurts a bitch to his face. Really? Like, yeah. Like, you can't, <laughs> like you, you're committed to Jalen Hurts. Like, you gave him that contract, but you just have a mess all over the place. And I don't know that it's Nick Sirianni's fault that everything has turned so toxic there, but, like, with A.J. Brown doing all the things he did on Twitter, like, or Instagram, like, deleting all that stuff, like, obviously there are some big rifts going on. It just seems like a mess. And that's why, like, I don't, I don't know that I fire Nick Sirianni, but at the same time... Like I don't think, I don't think he's the one who's gonna fix it, you know. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a guy out there who's gonna fix it anyway. Like that's why maybe you try Bill Belichick, maybe you try Vrabel and just bring in a hard ass who says like, okay, enough of this like gossipy bullshit stuff on the side. But I, I don't know what I'd do. Boy, this fired you up more than anything. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, there are, I like they're, it, they're a mess. <laughs> like I, there's no like, oh, it'll just get better there. You know, with the Cowboys, it's like maybe they have kind of gotten unlucky. Like they seemed unprepared. Like that mm-hmm. defense was not ready for what the Packers threw at them. And like it's the Packers. Like that's not, it's not like you, they couldn't find a way to stop the Ravens or find a way to stop all the weapons that the 49ers right. have. It's like maybe the Packers really are this good and they they were good up to that point in the last like six weeks of the season or whatever. But I. You wonder if Dan Quinn was a little checked out because he had his sights on that Seattle job, which mm. was open because that maybe. defense did not come ready to play Todd I am on your side with this like the dude's done pretty much anything you could have hoped for outside of winning a Super Bowl in his first three seasons this feels like exactly what I would expect Philadelphia fans to be saying after a little collapse at the end of this season is fire and fire because that's what Philadelphia fans Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. but come on he's been a great coach so far now i guess the only reason you you do move on with great coordinators for sure the only reason you would would move on is if you do think you can get Vrabel or belichick and you think that's an upgrade i think both of those guys are incredible coaches so sure i guess if you can get one of them but if you're just firing to fire him oof that could be dangerous and you're not getting me if i'm belichick i'm going to the cowboys yeah there's no better place to win a Super Bowl than being a Dallas Cowboy coach. Yeah. Like, I think that'll mean more to more people than the six championships mm-hmm. he has in the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can bring them a championship, a point. he's going to be a god. He might get a statue so <laughs> exactly. in yeah. front of the stadium. Like, it'll yeah. be crazy. And it just That's makes so much point. sense. Like, I know some people are be like, oh, Jerry Jones, Bill Belichick, power dynamic thing. I also think that, you know, it's like how Sean Payton here has a lot of control over all the personnel things. Bill Belichick, you kind of want to do that same thing with. And so having him and Jerry Jones kind of making decisions together, maybe long term, it results in like a rift. But I mean, they're two old men. Like how how long are we worried about here? Uh, like Bill Belichick's going to retire. It goes down on them senior centers, man. They be, they be <laughs> yeah, exactly. it out. <laughs> but like that makes more sense to me than... Like you send him to like you have two options if he goes somewhere else. Either you have a GM over him who's doing a lot of personnel stuff, and I don't think Bill loves the idea of that. Or you say like Bill Belichick, 
here you go. Like you get free reign. I don't think that sounds like a great idea either, given what's happened before. So like having Jerry Jones, Bill Belichick kind of working together seems like a happy medium between those two things to me. And I mean, again, like, will they hate each other in three years? Potentially. But I don't look at this and say the Cowboys are looking for their next decade here. It's like, can you come in? Can you solve these couple little problems they've had and win a Super Bowl? I hadn't heard that case. I like it. I like there it. we go. And I also like that Super Chats are starting to roll in. We got two from Slayer sends us a Super Chat and then also says, always a great show. Thank Love you so that. much, Slayer. We really appreciate, appreciate that. that. <laughs> uh, and we got, uh, what do we have here? Uh, Zaya says, what? Zai says, well, now I'm going to do it. But people have been saying, get Justin Fields. Would you do it if they get Caleb Williams? It's a great question. See, I think I, you go through the options. The options are you draft a quarterback, put a rookie probably in a bad situation. Like, it's probably a bad situation. Um, you bring back Russell Wilson or you find, like, a veteran retread, whatever. Like, I like Justin Fields better than Ryan Tannehill. Like, at least it's something exciting. Like, you're, you're paying less for him than you would if you kept Russell Wilson. It's potentially probably a downgrade, but, like, there's a there's a chance it pops. Like, that's that's why at this point I don't mind it. Like, he seems like he fits the timeline. If you're looking for a retread, I like him a lot better than Mac Jones or whatever. And a third-round pick in the grand scheme of things, if you can get it done for that, why not? I agree with everything you said. Uh, just the one thing, we can't view this through our lenses. We've got to view it through Sean Payton's lenses. If Sean mm -hmm. did not like Russell Wilson, why is he going to like a guy that wins even less from the pocket and uses his legs even yeah. more? That's just where I just have a hard time connecting Sean with Justin. Where huh. personally, I would like it. I mm -hmm. would like him, especially for a third-round pick. I just am having a really hard time seeing those two match. I think, people I, think maybe, I think maybe he can view him as a little bit of a project because when yeah. he played against us he went from the pocket like exactly. crazy yeah it's true and it's true. i think there was a couple games where i felt like he really made a jump in his ability to play in the nfl this year so i'm not opposed to it i think if sean really dissects the game against us i think he would see mm -hmm. some potential yeah. there yeah. uh but who knows i think honestly that would be the best option yeah because then I, you get to get Brock Bowers yep. or a game changer in the first round. Yep. And now you don't have a second round pick because you traded that for Sean. Then you wouldn't have a third round pick, but you got your starter, your unquestioned starter mm -hmm. with that third round pick. Yep. And a starter with the first round pick too. Or instead, like you go right. and draft a quarterback there. Then in the third round is your <laughs> first like non-quarterback you're taking. And that's probably not a starter. Um, I also think that Sean Payton gets put in a bit of a box. Like, I think that he can do more things than just do what he did with Drew Brees. Like, I think that it's easy to make that connection because we haven't, like, seen him do other things, but that's because he had Drew Brees for 15 years. Like, I I, I think that he might be more open-minded to other things. And again, like, it's just because it's like, well, it didn't work with Russ. It's like, well, Justin Fields could run way better than Russ, and that opens up more things deep. That opens up the running game more. So I don't think, like, I just don't think that's a one-to-one. -one. Yeah, you could have sold me on that a year ago. Before huh. we saw Russ statistically uh. perform well, but what was he not able to do? Win from the pocket. You broke mm -hmm. it down pretty much every single mm -hmm. week on the inside scoop the day after a game, Todd, where Russ was not finding those open receivers mm -hmm. and he'd take off. I think Justin's way closer to that than anything. But here's where I yeah. could see Russ or, or Sean accepting that is saying what you said. He's a project. Mm -hmm. Russ, 
this is a finished product mm -hmm. with Russ. What you get from him now is what he's pretty much going to be next year. He's 35 years old. With Justin Fields, what is he, 24 years old? Mm -hmm. uh, and he still is fast. And Sean could convince himself, yes, I could develop him even more. So, sure, now you guys did help me kind of see the path for it. Mm -hmm. um, and, man, it would be fun. It'd be exciting. That's for sure. Because Justin mm -hmm. is electric as it gets. And we talked about how... There's Matthew Stafford, or, or there's uh, Jared Goff, mm -hmm. former number one pick who's on a new team. There's Baker Mayfield, former number one pick who's on a new team. Justin Fields, the number nine overall pick in the draft, being on a new team and finding success wouldn't be crazy. And we have one more super chat coming in. Oh, and it's from our friend. It says, it's a nickname for Xavier, but if you, if you could get a free agent quarterback, who would you go and get and what first-round pick besides quarterback would you get? Um, great questions uh, for a big conversation that we certainly will have soon in the future. Um, but non-quarterback first-round pick, who are you getting? Uh, for what we need as a team, yep. either Brock Bowers or Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, Marvin yeah, Harrison's um, not there, so Brock Bowers? Brock Bowers, yeah. 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 So I, hard for me not to go with him, too. Yeah. He's exactly <sighs> what we need on offense. Yep. And I think that changes how you, how you guard – Everybody Everything. on the offense. I agree. So, yeah. so him, I'm going. I'm going him on offense. On defense, I'll go Kool Aid. Yeah. Shut down corner. I honestly, there are very few things I wouldn't like. Like if if, if one of those tackles is there, like that J.C. Latham guy, the right tackle. If he was there, that'd be incredible. I know they already have like their two tackles, but at the same time, if you wanted to, you could take a tackle, left tackle in the first round, trade Garrett Bowles, go get a third round pick or something, whatever that would be. Mm -hmm. And then you get another pick. Like, I like that idea. I like all of these receivers. Brock Bowers, he's he's a little bit small for a tight end, but for again, like that's probably just nitpicking the best tight end prospect since Kyle Pitts, who I guess hasn't gone great but that's a its own thing mm -hmm. um that would be awesome all those receivers are awesome there's a bunch of quarter cornerbacks and cooper DeGene, he's going to be a monster like he's a playmaker like there's a chance that he's like across from pat sertan you're just yeah. winding up with seven eight interceptions yeah and that, i guess that's probably a stretch but it's on the table there's a whole bunch of those guys Man, and, I, I, and I say on defense i say any senior D lineman from Georgia, I don't think you can go wrong. <laughs> any, yes. any of them, just pick one. Yeah, that's been proven <laughs> right, that's for sure. All right, we got to get out of oh, here. free agent quarterback, though. I mean, like, Kirk Cousins is obviously at the top. No way. I mean, in terms of just, like... Oh, you like Baker better? No, you're not affording either of them. Oh, yeah, like, you're not going to afford... But that's why, like, they're oh, obviously yeah, yeah. at the top. Yeah, there's, um, some, there's some good quarterbacks out there. But then, like, guys that you could, like, try, like, Tyler Huntley's out there. Jameis Winston. yeah. Winston, yeah, yeah. Jake Browning. This this is a crazy yep. combo. It yep. is like it's. <laughs> well, if you're looking, we'll have in depth. The idea is like who soon. would have a chance to like beat out Jared Stidham. It's like those are probably the. I think Huntley is the guy who I'd probably get the most excited about from that tier. That would be exciting. That would be exciting, and we're gonna continue to break this down tomorrow, 11 a.m. We uh, we might look at a different position other than quarterback, and we will be back tomorrow, 11. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out, and have a wonderful hump day.
I'll take 